At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Coming down the aisle. What's up, everyone? How you doing? Uh, welcome to Kind of Fun. I am Ben Gissel. I'm Katie Dirks. And this has been a hell of a week for professional wrestling. First, I want to say thank you so much for the amazing response to our debut. It's very exciting. Our debut episode. <laughs> uh, people were extremely kind. Thank you so much. We got some great emails, including an email from Evan Kelly, out of North Carolina, he created a little ditty for us for our Match from the Past segment. So thank you so much, Evan. We'll play that on today's episode. And if you want to submit a little tune of your own creation, feel free uh, to shoot us an email at kindoffunlpn at gmail.com. And, of course, uh, we'll probably – what do you want to do, Katie? A, a rotating a rotating uh, series. A, a, a rotating um, – I don't even know. I'll let you, I'm going to let you. I'm going to let you struggle for the words because I don't know how to fill it in. <laughs> <laughs> a rotating theme music. That's what it would be. Rotating theme music from our submitted from our wonderful, wonderful listeners. I like calling it a little ditty. I like it. It's a little, a little ditty. ditty. So, so Evan, thank you for that submission, and we'll play that a little bit later on in the episode for our match. From the past. I don't know why my voice decided to do that. Perhaps because Katie and I have both been screaming for, uh, what do you think, 13 hours so far this week? Because Approximately. There has been so much pro wrestling. I don't know like what 12-year-old boy looked at the moon and made a wish that all he wanted for the weekend was pro wrestling. And then whatever deity is up there granted him that wish. But thank you, little child. You want more pro wrestling? We got you. Katie is going to fill us in on what happened with AEW's Fight for the Fallen. Uh, I had a chance to watch WWE Evolve, which I thought was really badass. Ooh. And then, of course, we also had WWE Extreme Rules. And I have to say, Katie, compared to last year, these rules indeed did seem relatively extreme. I mean, you've got Paul Heyman at the helm. He knows what he's doing. He, he's in Philadelphia. He is extreme. As he said, he is extreme. And he's in Philadelphia. He's got to live up to the name. Nothing more extreme than the Philadelphia sports fans in general. Those people are completely insane. If you want to just go down a rabbit hole of horrible horrible behavior just search philadelphia eagles fan vomits on small girl and then gets his 
ass handed to him because that girl was the daughter of a police officer that was standing right next to her and he beat the living hell out of that man and rightfully so so extreme rules a perfect setting is indeed Philadelphia. I love it. It was a busy weekend. It was just, it was con- it was nonstop. I thought Fight for the Fallen was really good. Okay. I have some thoughts. Okay. I thought that I would consider this show, it was it was stacked top top to bottom. However, I would consider this show like a, it's a, it's a, gro- it's a grow, it's a coming of age show, if you will. It wasn't perfect. Okay. It was good, but it wasn't as good as the shows they've done. Okay. And I think that there's going to be a, you know, I think, it's a it's a growing show. It's a growing show. I well, of course, AEW is going to hit some stumbles along the way. Yeah. Overall, it seemed like the uh, the the fan reaction seemed to be relatively positive. But you're right. Uh, it seems as if the reviews are putting it around a C or a C plus. And obviously, AEW they're going to have a couple of pay per views that don't necessarily hit it out of the park. Mm-hmm. They're still a young company. And mm-hmm. this is pretty much par for the course. This is what this is their third major uh, event, would you yep. say? Yep, third major event. So I think they, yeah, I mean, that's just going to naturally happen. And also, I have to clarify, uh, I made a small mistake. I do that sometimes. What? I, I know. Unbelievable. How dare you? I know. It's stunning. It's shocking. It's horrible. But it was not Darby Allen that got thrown off of the warehouse. Of course, we were referring to Darby Allen's match. His AEW match in Fighter Fest, which was incredible, mm-hmm. and I was like, he's such a badass, and he is such a badass, but I was like, he was thrown off of a warehouse, and then, thank you to a listener, uh, he informed me it was actually Joey Janela that was thrown off of a warehouse, and if you want to watch that clip, you can, and it is pretty intense. Just search Zandig versus Joey Janela Roof Bump. And uh, you can watch that clip. And as a matter of fact, Katie, should we just play like the first 22 seconds of sound? Because the man commentating over this backyard wrestling event (laughs) is literally like, am I going to go to prison for filming a murder? Like, what is happening? Is this a snuff film? What's going on? It's everything I love about uh, indie wrestling. It is crazy. So this is what it sounded like when Zandig and Joey Janela jumped off of a warehouse onto glass and light bulbs all you know for the amusement of the 550 people that were in this parking lot the amusement of the people that's what it's about it really is so this is what that sounded like oh good god on high oh my god what the fuck is this what the fuck are we seeing right now ladies and gentlemen oh god no no for the love of god don't you dare Holy shit! Holy shit! All right, so that was, I mean, you could tell that commentator was, like, about to have an aneurysm, being like, what, this was, this was, uh, you know, mankind being thrown off of the steel cage times a thousand. (laughs) This was his, yeah, this was his Super Bowl, for sure. But I'm jealous of the commentator, because he gets to live his JR moment, where you get to be like, oh no, oh man, broke it in half! You get to, like, really feel... As if you are able to like, it's like when the person got to film the Hindenburg <laughs> and then it became iconic forever. Yep. It's like you're you're the voice now of this unbelievable moment that no one will ever see again and you got to commentate on it. And good commentary, not to like really dive into the semantics of how great this, this backyard wrestling is, although it's amazing. Uh, good commentary can make or break a match. 
Oh, it totally can. A, a great, fun commentary. If you have someone, that's why JR is so great. Mm-hmm. And I think Nigel McGuinness over at NXT is amazing. I think there's just so much, so much good commentary that's not always utilized the best. However, the talent's there. You know, the greatest commentary line, JR's greatest line as of recently was, there's no more cheese on your Whopper in an envelope. <laughs> he said that at Fighter Fest, and I wrote it down. He said, there's no more cheese... There's no more cheese on your Whopper in an envelope. And I don't know what it means, but I thought it was the greatest line of all time. I mean. And I had to uh, write that down in my little note section there. I will say, not to, I mean, a the for Fighter Fest, the commentary was hit or miss. Alex Marvez did way better this show than he did at All In. Okay. At All In, he was just a little out of a fish out of water. He's getting a better. He's, again, learning. He's getting a better. He's getting a better. Very good. So some of the matches that took place at Fight for the Fallen, Sean Spears, MJF, and Sammy Guevara defeated Joey Janela, Jimmy Havoc, and Darby Allen via pinfall. And I actually love that trio of Janela, Havoc, and Allen. Those three, I can't think of three more badass people to be together in a group. I mean, that seems like something that could really go far. I love those dudes. They're all maniacs. And you know what? I think they're also a little emo, which I like. And they're a little goth. I like a little goth in my wrestler. There and oh yeah, there's some oh for sure emo. But I think with them, like that was a that was a strong match to open the show. It was fun. Everyone was it was just they were on fire. That whole match was awesome. And then after that match was Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus going against Jack Evans and Angelico. And I got to say once again, love Jungle Boy, bounces around, reminds me of someone from uh, Bloodsport with with Rob Van Dam. Mm-hmm. With, with, no, not Rob Van Dam, with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Jean, yeah, Jean, Jean-Claude Van Damme, yeah. Of course. And then in the match that I thought was incredible, Hangman Adam Page defeated Kip Sabin. What the hell happened to Adam Page? Because he got messed up. That was first of all the match was amazing, and then they had they had just like teased the Dark Order, which is like a new faction coming out, or that they're they're pushing. And at the end of the match, someone in a mask comes out, and, and is part of the Dark Order. And while Paige is celebrating, takes his mask off to reveal that it's Chris Jericho. Place went wild, meltdown city. Uh, awesome, a, a huge pop from the crowd, and then. Um, uh, obviously, Jericho went to town on uh, on Adam Page, and uh, at some point, it didn't look that bad. But either one of his kicks or a clothesline connected, or his clothesline missed, uh, and he connected with Adam Page's right eye, and it just like immediately uh, just swelled up, it's gushing. I was just like, what the hell just happened? He just got, he got rocked. He got rocked. Jericho rocked him. Hey, man, Jericho will do that nowadays. He's living a good life. Jericho's, yeah. you know, he's like, I, this is my personal, I know this is like a little bit older Jericho, mm-hmm. but I just love him now more than ever before because I follow him on Instagram. And I have to say, he seems to be just like drinking beers, drinking some good drinks, hanging out by the beach, and then going and making people bloody in the ring. He's living the dream. He's a rock star. He really is a rock star. He is a rock star. But yeah, he gave uh, he gave Adam Page the Judas effect, so I'm sure that's teasing down the road for something. Very cool. That feud is going to be completely badass. Love both of those dudes. Lucha Brothers defeated Frankie Kazarin and Scorpio Sky. And of course, we also had a massive match, Kenny Omega versus Sima. Is that Sima? I believe it's Sima. I've heard yeah, I've heard I've heard both 
variations of it. I've been saying it's Shima. Oh. I don't know if that's right. I'll be honest. Ugh, and I'm sure some marks are going to well actually me at some point. So sorry. Oh, don't apologize. <laughs> it's going to be just fine. So Chima hit a perfect driver on Omega for a 2.5 count, but he bounced back with a spinning heel kick to the back of Sima's head, followed by a V trigger uh, at the same spot. Sima then encountered Omega into a powerbomb from the top rope that looked extremely dangerous as Omega appeared to land on his head outside the ring. Sima grew incensed at an aggressive Omega and climbed atop a platform to hit a Meteora on Omega, who was lying across the hard box-like table. Sima then hit Omega with a knee to the back of the head and another Metatoria Metatoria inside the ring, but only got a 2.5 count. Very cool. That was a smooth match. That was a, I mean, again, Kenny Omega is going to put on an awesome match regardless, but a, another just hit. Absolutely. So Omega caught Sima's next attempted Meteora and bombed him into the turnbuckle. So he followed it with a Snapdragon suplex, V-trigger, netbreaker, and another V-trigger before Sima stopped a one-winged angel. This match was graded in A. Omega ended up winning it. Omega immediately bounced back with a one-inged angel for the victory in a truly tremendous bout. So there that match was. That's been graded an A by all wrestling authorities. And I think one of the things that I like about what AEW seems to be doing is they're taking a little bit more, uh, they're taking the finishing moves a little more seriously and they're protecting them a little bit better than right. other companies per se. And when it feels like when Kenny hits the one-winged angel or when Jericho hits the Judas effect... There, that's the match is going to be done unless it's a major rivalry and there's going to be more to it. So I can see like when Kenny like went to go hit a couple wing, one winged angels, they were stopped. You know right. the match like it's either that it's either Seema's going to win or will uh, or he's going to hit the one winged angel and Omega's going to win. I love it. And of course, then the Young Bucks defeated Cody Rhodes and Dustin Rhodes via pinfall. So that match, the fight for the fallen. I thought it was pretty badass, and I will say this, moving on a little bit to WWE now, it seems like they are really trying to uh, make up some of the audience that they lost to AEW, mm-hmm. and I think you don't have to look any further than WWE's Evolve to see how dedicated they are to recapturing mm-hmm. that teenage audience and that audience of people like my age um, and perhaps Katie's age. People who, you know, are a little bit uh, older, but also young. We're, I mean, I'm 38. I'm young still. I'm not yeah, I'm old. 36. Yeah. I'm 36. We're, we're, you're young. We're hip. We're in our prime, guys. Yeah, that's what I've been told we're in our prime. Um, so Evolve, I think, did a great job of making it entertaining for both 30-year-old and teenage wrestling fans. And this felt like an indie show. I mean, it, it looked really like an did. indie show. It looked and felt like an indie show. It totally, it totally did. And every single match, we don't need to go match by match here, okay, Katie? We don't, we don't have to get crazy. Yeah. But um, I would say there was just some incredible, fun moments. Shotzi Blackheart, uh, she was going against Brandy Lauren, and it just seemed like Shotzi. So Shotzi was doing this thing. She was like, "I'm gonna fly. I'm going through the turnbuckles. I'm jumping out of this ring. I'm going into the. I'm, I'm going in to the guardrails." Mm-hmm. She did that, and it looked like maybe she didn't get quite enough air underneath herself, but mm-hmm. my God, that was a scud missile, a direct strike, but unfortunately, she's also the missile, um, yeah. so I think that must have hurt her quite a bit. I mean, the the fall that she, that, like, I was just, 
I, I can't even, I, it's not great that we're doing a podcast and I can't put it into words, but holy shit, she ate it on those chairs. That fall, her head, like heels over the head. It was absolutely incredible. So that was a great thing. So Matt Riddle also, Drew Gulak, they had a kick-ass match. Austin Theory's match was badass. Um, so I thought Evolve really did bring it, and they were like, hey, you know, when Paul Heyman came out, he came out to the ring, mm-hmm. was just like, this is the future of professional wrestling. Without a doubt, a uh, reference to AEW. AEW also referenced uh, WWE during their special. Mm-hmm. This was without a doubt Paul Heyman. Without a doubt Paul Heyman saying, hey, dude, we are still the best. We still have the greatest wrestlers. You haven't even seen the tip of the iceberg yet when it comes to the amount of talent that we have here in the WWE. And I thought Evolve was a great indication that Paul Heyman, with Paul Heyman at the helm, uh, obviously now with Monday Night Raw, which was a hell of a lot better this week than it has been uh, previously, uh, I think Paul Heyman just set the record and was like, no, this is this is where you want to see new young talent. It's still the WWE, and they seem to be taking on the AEW very seriously and completely attempting to, again, get back that audience that they have lost because... Of course, WWE has been treating their audiences like crap for so long. Yeah, they've just been commercial breaks. I mean, that's really like it's really all they've been is just an ad like ad time, just being like, We have to give you content, so here's stuff and then just stick around for the commercials and then here's some more stuff and you know, we may or may not the the crazy part is is that it it is it's doing what I what I was hoping AEW would be doing is just make products across the board better. Like everything right. across the board. Let's pay attention. Let's let's have a moment where Gargano the next night at Evolve had a show while NXT or while uh, Extreme Rules was uh, taping. Gargano was over there and dropped in. And uh, there's a wrestler who I absolutely adore right now called Orange Cassidy. He's amazing. Nice. He has been for years. Uh, he has like this very like lackadaisical. He was in. A Royal Rumble or a Battle Royale on All In, I think. Okay. He's awesome. He's great. I love him. He's very controversial. People love to hate him. People love him, but wrestling's subjective, so I like him, so I can't be wrong. No, that's perfect. There's a moment with Gargano just eyeing down uh, Orange Cassidy, and I'm just like, this is this is amazing. I want to see more involvement from WWE on the indies with, with big indie names. Totally. So, hopefully. I think they're going to get back to their grassroots, and if Evolve is an, an example of matches to come or pay-per-views to come or events to come that aren't quite as cleaned up and neat and like perfect as like a WWE main pay-per-view like we saw with Extreme Rules, which we can get into here in a second. Uh, I think that they have a great, great chance of really, you know, sticking around, obviously, and, you know, getting getting their brand back to like being more badass as yeah. opposed to being more like like you were saying, just a brand that basically is there to facilitate the selling of trick cereal and uh, and you know <laughs> whatever it might be and some new USA uh, television show. Yeah, so the I, rad case. Yes, exactly. Or uh, what was the oh, what's the name of that one? That's such a bad one. The uh, not the Griswolds, the Greenwolds, the uh, oh oh my god, uh, I'm blanking the, on it. Too. Uh, keeping up with the Christies, keeping up with the the oh, Chrisley no- Chrisley knows best. Chrisley yeah, yeah. knows best. <laughs> Good lord. Uh, yes, when the wrestling is just there to facilitate the reality show Chrisley's knows best. Chrisley knows best. It's it's going to hurt the product. Yeah. So I think they're doing a much better job now of recognizing that and saying, "Hey, let's give the kids what they want." And not to I want to acknowledge that NXT has been consistently phenomenal wrestling this whole oh, time. Oh yeah, awesome. 
Uh, so I always feel bad that we don't pay enough attention to NXT because they are that is where stars are being made and stars are being bred and they're just they're doing the the best most consistent wrestling whether it's WWE or not across the board you will always get a great show if you uh, watch NXT on Wednesday nights it's just well most of the time I don't want to well uh, no of course absolutely <laughs> and but now when you watch wrestling for example the Viking uh, the Viking Raiders yep they were on a raw last night there was like so many cool people that from NXT for example I thought maybe match of the night for extreme rules was Alexander black versus Cesaro uh, that was amazing Cesaro is like first of all what a beast he's got his braces on because he busted out all of his teeth on the ring uh, I don't know did you ever did you watch that live? I was there front row, ringside. Oh my god! Uh, with a couple of our mutual friends, I was ringside for it, and I just saw him. Just he ate it. His teeth went up in his mouth. He started bleeding uh. immediately, and the ref went over to, with like a towel and like uh, uh, just naturally seeing he's bleeding from his mouth, put pressure on his mouth, and he freaked the. He was like, "Fuck it, everyone, get the fuck away from me! I will finish this match." But Jesus Christ. It was it was so graphic that I was just like there's blood like all over the the mat oh, next to the ring. I was like, ah, I don't want to see anyone get hurt. That's why I like professional wrestling. Well, this might not be the best sport for you because I think that they usually I know. They, every match get someone gets hurt a little bit. I know. But unlike soccer, they don't fake it, okay? They yeah. they really they really do get hurt in professional yeah. wrestling. But Alistair Black uh, versus Cesaro, I love this feud. Black is doing such a good job, I think, just like representing. Again, you know me. I'll always like my little goths and my like dark cryptic lords. I like that I know that about you now. Yeah, he's funny. I mean, you know, I was always a big Raven. I thought Raven, I was not a WCW guy, but I liked Raven because he's in the corner and he's kind of like, I don't want to be here. But then he has to be there because he's under contract. He was like, he's like every kid that has to go to like church or school or practice or do anything as a kid, you're like, I don't, I don't wanna, wanna do, I don't wanna do this. I don't wanna be here at this Piggly Wiggly right now. I wanna be at home doing God knows what. Usually just sitting in the corner doing nothing. Sure. Reading obscure books. Yeah, listening to Nirvana Unplugged and Pearl Jam's Ten. You know how all the kids are doing that these days. <laughs> so Alistair Black, uh really he's making his presence known. Obviously he dominated it uh, in the NXT. And now I think he's really like his brand has been perfectly crossed over, I think, to WWE proper. Don't you think? I do. And I love his entrance. And he's just an athletic. Like he's incredible in the ring. He's a high flyer, but he doesn't look like a high flyer. He's not yeah. little. He's not he's not like a ricochet who's tight. I guess ricochet's jacked, but he's smaller. I guess Well, he looks in. He looks a little bit. He's tighter. Yeah. He's like more jacked. He looks like someone who could be. A man named Ricochet. Yeah. And fly all around like he's a superhero. And Alistair Black, I feel like, would catch you off guard when he's going off the top rope. And you're like, holy shit. Absolutely. No, he's got a little pudge on him. I mean, obviously in very good shape still. But yeah, absolutely. He's got more of a an everyman type vibe. And uh, he his career is going to be extremely badass. And I'm just so happy that finally the WWE is giving him the push on the main yeah. roster that he has always, or not always deserved, but that he's deserved uh, for quite a while. So that match was absolutely badass. Maybe my favorite match of the night. And then, of course, we also had uh, Bailey uh, defeating Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss to retain her title. I actually thought this match was really solid as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is like uh, Nikki, Nikki Cross's character where she's, she makes me laugh. I think that it's great. She's like this wild woman. 
but she's also I love the smile and I just love that she's like just a crazy maniac. It makes yeah. me really I don't know, I just I really like her vibe. And the Alexa Bliss storyline I think is pretty dope. I think it's fun. I think it's fun. I'm I I am I am putting my faith in the wrestling gods for this one. Uh, then we'll leave it at that because I don't want to shit on it too much because I want to support women's wrestling, of course. But at the same time, like I'm like we're we're on our way to something. We're on our way to something, right? So let's hope that whatever we're whatever we're working towards is good. Well, I mean, I don't know. It was this a good could, match. This could just be it. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's nothing. You can't put too much pressure on it. I guess. I mean, I yeah. just thought. I thought overall, on it for as, as far as a two and one match goes, mm-hmm. a two against one match, you have to script those like pr- it's pretty hard to script a a compelling story yeah. when it's like oh there's two of them and one of her like how is this gonna work out? And I think right. they did a pretty good job of it. Yeah, and I think I mean I love Nikki Cross. I've loved her for a while, and when she she was Indies, and then she went obviously the NXT. She was awesome in NXT. I want that. I want her to get a little more love from them I want a little more out of her and it's not her fault obviously uh but like I wish they would give her a little bit of a push so I hope that's what we're working towards she got a I little think bit so yeah, yeah. we're get we're getting there we're getting there I want more Nikki Cross because she's a badass hey man she's been she's been blessed by the kiss of Alexa Bliss yes. so I think she's gonna be all right like yeah. Alexa Bliss is goat she's one of the greatest professional wrestlers of all time not to mention just greatest uh female professional wrestlers of all time and when I say that, I'm not just talking about in-ring ability. Her mic skills are yeah. superb. Like, she is such a great bitch. She is so perfect in her role. Mm-hmm. I just, I love everything she's able to do. Uh, she's a perfect heel. And uh, I think that with with Alexa Bliss uh, sort of helping Nikki Cross out, yeah. I, I'm assuming they're going to set up at some point a feud between the two of them. Because uh, I mean, that seems to be the way these things tend to work out. In theory, right? Yeah, I hope so. In theory, yeah, because I think Nikki Cross has to realize at some point Alexa Bliss is just using her, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's what we're talking about here. Nikki yeah. Cross, she's the muscle for Alexa. She's always backing Alexa Bliss up. But at some point, is Alexa Bliss backing you up, Nikki? That's the question. Or what if, now we're now I'm fantasy booking, what if, Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss are actually real friends, and Bailey keeps trying to get Nikki Cross in her corner, being like, "Alexa Bliss is gonna fuck you. She's gonna fuck you. She's gonna fuck you." And then uh, Alexa never does fuck Nikki, and then Sasha Banks comes in to help Bailey, and now we're all friends again. You know what? A whole series of things could happen. Although, is Sasha Banks ever gonna go back to the WWE? Because it, I'm under the impression that she's been extremely unhappy and wants to dip out. I, from my understanding, she she was extremely happy. She's tapped out. She's taking time off. She's currently in Japan. Okay. I'm hoping that she'll come back at some point and maybe like either finish out her contract or uh, maybe everyone... Look, in wrestling, you can be... You hate each other for... You know, however long it is, you have bad business deals and then there's a handshake deal and everyone's happy again. So it's right. no telling. I think that I'd like to see her back. I feel like maybe there's a chance she'd come back, but we'll see. Yeah, that's, I mean, who knows? Money talks. Yeah. And I'm sure, again, with the WWE being more competitive now with AEW, perhaps they'll just give her exactly what she wants. Or does the WWE have so much talent that they're like, well, we can we can spare Sasha and we can push up. Right another one of our amazing female wrestlers. And I have to say, overall, I know Lacey Evans has been criticized heavily, 
but she seems to be wrestling better now than she has in the past. She's wrestling. I think she's wrestling better. Yes. I still think that she should have been in developmental, and Meltzer said this too. Uh, I agree with him that she should have spent another 18 months in developmental uh, because now we've gotten to the point where Becky Lynch is so good on the mic and in the ring that she can't, there's no one that she can really go up against that's going to, that's, that's, there's no one for Becky right now. Every, she's too good. Well, you know, and it is it is hard because as a professional wrestler, not that I am one, but you have to have someone in the ring that's of comparable skill so then you guys can fully perform together mm-hmm. and make each other look good. You kind of have to go down to the level of your competition mm-hmm. if they can't do certain moves, if they can't move at a certain pace. Right. And that really does make the person who is more talented not look as good. Yeah. So hopefully Lacey can keep it up. She seems like she has really been working her ass off to get up to speed because I think I agree. A little bit more time in developmental might have been better for her. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they're pushing the women's division so hard and so fast. It's like, next one up, you got to go. Let's go. That's the crazy part. And I and and you said it. Like They're pushing the women's division so hard, so fast, and there is legitimate talent in there. But now it's gotten to the point where Becky is, Becky is holding the torch. And she is good, and she is great on the mic. And while Alexa is great on the mic, they're not the same match in the ring. Because Alexa is so good. She is great. She's great on the mic. She's good in the ring. Oh, I yeah. I just think from, like, athletic standpoint, or as far as worker goes, Becky is the best worker on the on the women's roster right now, and it's hard to – she's so good. I think she's outworking a lot of them. Yeah, absolutely. Alexa Bliss versus Becky would be a kick-ass match, though. I would love to watch that. It would be and very we'll – yeah, very athletic. Oh, my God, yeah, absolutely. And then, of course, I also have to show my love. I loved this match with Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley. This was the last man standing match, which was, you know – I'm just going to call it adorable. I'm going to call it adorable. All over the place. It was all over the place. I loved it. They start in the ring. They're like pummeling each other. Obviously, this match began. Technically, this match did begin when uh, Strowman put Lashley through the wall onto Mm. all the electronic equipment. The sparks are flying everywhere. It culminates in uh, WWE Extreme Rules, and it starts in the ring, and then they just go all around the arena and it was, uh, I don't think it was necessarily the most extreme match I've ever seen. It was fun. It was fun. It was a fun match. I was excited because I've I've not really been a huge Lashley fan, although I love, uh, I don't know if you've seen his merch. I love his merch. It looks like a Spider-Man logo. Oh, it's, cool. Uh, like, it, it, or like, the, like an old school comic book Thor movie, uh, Thor Mar- uh, Marvel logo. It looks cool. Okay. I like it. And I just loved. I loved watching this match. I was in it. I was. I look. I. I'm in. So they start in the ring. They work their way up through the crowd, which is always great. I mean, I don't know how they can do it because those stairs in every arena are extremely steep <laughs> and they're tiny. And I hate having to get up constantly and go get my beers and then come back down. Worry, I'm gonna fall on a family of five. Next thing you know, I'm being charged <laughs> with murder. Um, so they climb up all the way up. Uh, they get to uh, the concession area. They get to like the T-shirt place, the stands. Fans are going crazy. Again, not that much action is happening. Uh, at one point, uh, Lashley does get thrown into the T-shirt merch. Uh, he lands on the concrete. That was a pretty aggressive bump, I would yeah. say. Yeah. Uh, and then they just go all the way back down. <laughs> they end up in a part of an arena that just has a big black box because every arena just has a big black box. Uh, blocking an entrance that's just totally normal they yeah there's definitely a fire hazard yeah definitely a fire hazard in every arena Strowman picks up Lashley 
power slams him through the black box. They land. Not even it was. It looked like I'm sure there was just a straight up gymnastic mat underneath there. Like I oh, don't yeah, think it sure. was the most aggressive fall of all time. I was in it. And then the greatest conclusion I have ever seen: the Kool Aid Man finish <laughs> that was Braun Strowman busting out of the black box, just being like, "Wow, like I'm here!" And I was like. Dude, this match was so stupid. I absolutely loved it. I loved it. I was in it. I thought it was great. I like. I liked it. And Bobby Lashley, because I'm with you, I was always like, what the hell is this dude's character? Yeah. But more and more, I have come to really appreciate him and really like him, not just because he is so unbelievably cut and buff that he could destroy all of us with a blink of an eye, but just I think that he's actually, he, he's he's charming in his own way. He's getting better on the mic. Yeah. He's doing better. You're right. I I yeah, he's come he's come around and I feel like I've always wanted to like him. He's like a physical specimen. He seems he's huge. I he fe- I feel like there's something there. Some there's something going on there and now this match I feel like made like put him on the map for me anyway. I know he's yeah. been around for a while but I'm in it. Lashley has been around for a little while, and it's good. This is this is the best feud he's had, I think, with Strowman. For and sure. I'm also just happy they're doing something with Braun because it's always with them. It's always like the audience really likes him, and we're going to give him a push, but not really a push. We're going to, like, you know, just kind of shove him out there a little bit and be like, maybe he could be the champion. Never yeah. make him the champion and forget that we ever thought about possibly making him the champion. Yeah, but he's the biggest guy in the roster, and you keep you keep telling us he's the biggest guy in the roster. So, like, let's let's let him win. Let's have, let's have something great with him. Absolutely. And, of course, AJ Styles and Ricochet was a kick-ass match. And then let's just go, lastly, to the final match. This thing was out of control. Mm-hmm. What happened with so it was Seth Rollins, Becky Lynch versus Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans. Uh, the match itself, I thought, was pretty solid. Some good spots all around. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was the first time I've seen where uh, male and female wrestlers actually fought each other. Yeah, Baron, Baron Corbin giving uh, the end of days to uh, Becky. Then Seth is like, oh, no, you're not going to do that to my girlfriend. And then he went crazy. It's so it was adorable. It was. It was pretty cool. I liked the match. But the big news, of course, took place at the end of the match. Paul Heyman, uh, at the start of the Extreme Rules pay-per-view, mentioned that Mm -hmm. his client, Brock Lesnar, would be there (laughs) on the uh, on the show. And sure enough, Lesnar did end up showing up. And uh, so the match was done, so Becky and Seth can no longer lose each other's titles for them and and whatever. So next thing you know, uh, Lesnar cashes in his money in the bank, and what do you think? And it's WrestleMania 30 through 2 all over again? I guess so. Uh, Seth Rollins cashed in in San Francisco. Uh, and I was I was I was there, so I vividly remember this moment. Seth Rollins cashing in on Brock Lesnar to take the belt. The last like two minutes of WrestleMania, and they brought the house down, and it was fucking amazing. I know this isn't a WrestleMania, obviously, but it's a very similar storyline. So I like that this is coming back around. Awesome. I, I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed that that it's Brock Lesnar again, and we're doing this dance again. But again, I am putting my faith in the wrestling gods that this will all pay off. Right, so as you can assume, Brock Lesnar cashes in his money in the bank. I was hoping for a little bit of a match anyway. I know that (laughs) Rollins just had a good 30 minutes in the ring. It was crazy. Cashes in the money in the bank, hits a couple of F5s, calls it a day, pins Rollins, and now Brock Lesnar is the universal champion once again. And uh, 
I don't know, man. I'm like, uh, I just feel like the WWE sometimes takes two steps forward and then forces itself one step back. Right. It's like a horrible, horrible honky-tonk dance that they do on a regular basis. And I just am not necessarily thrilled with another Lesnar reign as Universal Champion. That's fair. I'm I'm on board with that, and I feel like I feel like most people would be. I don't want to generalize too much, but I feel like most people would be. Um, they are obviously building towards SummerSlam, where SummerSlam is in August 11th in uh, Toronto. Right. So, like, let's see. I'm gonna I'm gonna not be so negative about the WWE. I'm working on it. Good, I'm gonna, good. I'm going to. I'm go. I want to believe that Paul Heyman with at with Paul Heyman at the reins, what could go wrong, right? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing could go wrong. So that's it. Lesnar is now the Universal Champion, and I would say that's probably out of all the shows. That's probably the biggest news yeah. that Lesnar is now back Universal Champ again. I think he's going to continue. I, I will say. Uh, in his defense, not that he needs any defense because he is the beast among men. He's ju- doing <laughs> just fine defending himself. But he does seem like he was trying to perform a little bit with the money in the bank. Oh, he was yeah. like kind of like, you know, I just I wish that he had more of a performative aspect to his character. As yeah. opposed, I mean, obviously, that's why he needs Paul Heyman, uh, right. probably the greatest pitch man in the history of professional wrestling yeah but it it would be cool if he could like i don't know just come out of his shell a little bit more and be there for the fans because you know i just want the universal title to mean something and i want it to be something that's actually fought for on more than a biannual base like what he defended it what three times last year or something something like that it wasn't a lot he was i mean and it's yeah and it sounds like it's just it's similar to what they were saying, like what what the story was with uh, Seth Rollins and and uh, and Brock last year is like, oh, well, Brock's never here. We're like, yeah, well, we here know. we go again. That's it. So I just hope that he is there. And um, but I am happy that uh, it, this seems now to put an end, as we were talking about last week with the Becky and Seth Rollins like mm-hmm. duo thing. Yeah. I think that little run is over now. I can only hope because just for them. And they're not getting over together as much as they do individually. Right. Seth and Becky individually can bring down a house. Totally. And honestly, there's something just about people who are just like, oh, great. More people in love. I don't want to see people in love. Everyone's in love but me. Isn't this great? (laughs) It's nice when they just, you know, it's, it's, it's hard, I think. I think people like it initially, for sure. Sure. But then at some point, it's like, get a room, guys. Yeah. And not an entire arena. We don't mean that when we say get a room, like go <laughs> to the hotel room. It took a minute for that to click for me, but I'm with you. I'm following you. I don't want to. I see don't that. know. It's it's uh, but so I think that little run was uh, is over. Although they did a great job, and I'm so happy they're in love. I mean, Katie, I'm not gonna poop on the love here. I love love. I support love. I know we have to. All right. Well, speaking <laughs> of one thing, before we get to our match from the past, we do have to talk about Jeff Hardy. Speaking of love, I love Jeff Hardy. Uh, he had a small, he had a small uh, incident in Myrtle Beach. He's uh, obviously, you know, he was he was arrested for public intoxication. Evidently, he was found in a uh, in a stairwell, just kind of sleeping, probably because it was like eleven fifteen in the morning. I mean. Who doesn't? I don't know. It happens sometimes. I'm assuming, and I don't know. First of all, he's not wrestling right now because he has an injury, and of course, he does have a bit of a history uh, with drugs and alcohol. No judges. Take care mm-hmm. of yourselves out there. 
But I think maybe with the injury, perhaps he's on pain medication. I don't know. I'm just uh, 100% uh, speculating. Um, perhaps he went out, had a couple too many shots, ended up you know, sleeping in a stairwell. He wasn't waving a gun around in, a, in an intersection. It's yeah. not the biggest news of all time. Um, we just hope that Jeff Hardy is doing okay, taking care of himself. Everyone's had a bender. Uh, where they wake up in a stairwell. Leave Jeff Hardy alone. Leave him alone. Leave That's him alone. That's what I say. It's it's his personal life. It's his personal business. No one got hurt, um, and I'm sure he he must be falling on just a, uh, maybe yeah. a little bit of a hard time because uh, when you can't wrestle, it's really difficult. And again, with the amount of pain that these people are under, not to make excuses, but and the psychological damage that just comes along with being a wrestler is just it it. It's a grow. I mean, to me, it's a growing concern, and not to get like super dark and heavy, but like there's like when something like this happens, I don't think it's funny and hilarious, and like I don't want to make fun of the guy. I feel bad for him. No. He clearly is in a situation, so I hope that he he finds help or or does whatever he needs to do, and everything will be fine. But being a professional wrestler is hard. It is. It's it hard. Really is. And of course, uh, this is a, a bit of a bigger issue because in 2018 he was arrested for DUI in Charlotte. But you know what? I'm just going to say maybe this is him being reasonable. Maybe this is him being responsible, saying, you know what? I'm hammered. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go sleep in this stairwell. Yep. I'm going to sleep it off. I'm not going to get in my car. I'm mm-hmm. not going to get in my car. So maybe. He's responsible. It, maybe this is the most responsible thing Jeff Hardy could have done. Also, Uber does exist, Jeff. Yep. That's all I will say. Don't <laughs> don't hesitate to call those Ubs because they will be there to pick you up. Um, but anyway, wishing you the best, buddy. It's um, He's going to be fined up to 500 bucks. It's really not the biggest deal. Just the way that some people comment on social media is just uh, like, you blew it again. Like all, It's like, dude, calm down. This is yeah. not, the, not the biggest issue on the world, uh, in the world, and he can totally, just a small little hiccup, because I know he is trying to be more in recovery and yeah. things like that. It's, it's a battle that he has. It's a little blip on the radar, and it never goes away. So hopefully he'll, he can recover from this and, and move on and be awesome and come back to the ring and fucking kill it. Absolutely. All right. Well, you, should we do our match from the past? I think so. All right, so the match of the past this week is from Stephen Beagley. Okay. Uh, and I would I'd like to appreciate I appreciate his email. Thank you, Stephen, for the email and the suggestion. Thank you, sir. Uh, it's uh, Vader's debut in 1987 in New Japan against legend Antonio Inoki. Uh, and it's it's all in Japanese. I haven't seen this match. I've heard about it. Uh, I never actually went back and watched it uh, until this email came through, and I was like, oh, I've heard about this. I've never seen it. Um, I'm not as well versed on New Japan uh, deep history. Well, I guess this is like a legendary match. Um, right. But it was it was it's awesome. Vader comes in, kicks the shit out of Inoki, um, and it basically the entire audience loses their mind, like full on riot to the fact where to the point where they don't have wrestling in the venue anymore. Uh, it's absolutely phenomenal. Uh, it's five minutes. It was five minutes, and it oh turned. My God. It turned wrestling upside down. Uh, it's fantastic. Here's a little clip. All right, that was awesome. Big Van Vader, awesome. One of my favorites of all time. I love it. It's always Vader time in my household. That's what I say, Katie. 
every day. Um, that was awesome. Big Van Vader, Antonio Anaki. Check out that match. You can watch it on DailyMotion.com. Uh, so there it is. That is the uh, kind of fun for this week. I think we covered basically everything that's going on in wrestling. I think we did. I mean, 13 hours. Where our podcast wasn't 13 hours. Yeah, we covered the we covered some of what's going on yeah. in professional wrestling. Thank you all so much for submitting your emails. We really appreciate it. Thanks for the great response. Again, it's kind of fun LPN at gmail.com. Kind of fun LPN at gmail.com. Uh, email us your suggestions for match from the past. If you have a theme song uh, for match from the past, let us know. Or if you just have some really kick-ass wrestling footage you want to send us, uh, maybe you know a wrestler, maybe you are a wrestler, hit us up. Um, because, of course, we would love to speak with people uh, in the indies uh, from all uh, all around. We will mm-hmm. love to speak with all of you. So, Oh, and one last thing. Katie, you have a movie debut, a documentary premiere coming up soon. A, a documentary. Uh, this is Wrestling the Joy Ryan Story. We are screening it at Comic-Con. Nice. Which is very exciting. I'm thrilled. 3 p.m. on uh, the 18th. That's this Thursday. Um, and Marriott Grand Ballroom 6. All right. Check that out. Thursday, Comic-Con. Joey Ryan. His finisher involves his personal part. Oh, okay. It's a dick flip. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Hail yourselves. Katie, did you come up with a catchphrase yet? I didn't. It's it's going to be great. Oh, it's going to be great. I love that. <laughs> it's, it's, you can use it anywhere. <laughs> That's perfect. It's going to be great. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba-go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.